102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. First one of 24, obviously. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Agree, disagree, scream, laugh. There's a lot for you. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week or whatever we're calling it at 24. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You can post your comments there. All I ask is you not suck. Get straight to the point. Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast we post each afternoon. You can get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. And same with the YouTube channel as well. Even though I look like Shrek, we post that each afternoon also. Check it out, the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. Okay, a lot. A lot to unpack. Um, and I'm probably going to go a different direction than, than I think most other people would like to do. But here you go. So Texas didn't lose the semifinal of the college football playoff. Crazy to say. I'm going to do it again. Texas didn't lose in the semifinal of the college football playoff. They were beaten. And there's a difference. There's a big difference. And I know it's not the fan way of talking about games, but I think there's a big difference. Here's how you get beaten rather than lose, okay? And they were just beaten. Washington is better, was better at head coach, pass blocking, receiver, that's saying a lot, tight end, pass rush, and most importantly, Washington was far better at quarterback. That's how Texas was beaten in the semifinal and didn't necessarily lose. Washington beating Texas went almost exactly like I thought it would. I'm pretty certain I'd been saying all the same stuff for the better part of a month. In fact, I was tweeting the same stuff. I never understood how Texas was a four-point favorite, except their name is Texas. Obviously, people had not been watching Washington. I think that's pretty obvious. But I don't know how many times over the past month have I said, has anybody watched them play? Have you taken the time to watch them play? Because this is a terrible matchup for Texas. Right? Football is just like basketball. It's just one-on-one matchups. Okay? Don't make it. Don't ever make it more complicated than it really is. It was a terrible draw for Texas. It was the worst draw, to be honest, I think, for Texas. The only surprising thing for me, to be honest, is somehow, some way, Texas had a chance to win in the end. I believe, as I'm live tweeting this game, I'm sitting there, I thought, wow, oh my gosh, they might win, and I don't know how. I'm not even sure they know how, and I don't think Washington would even know how. So it, it, the better team with the better pass rush, with the better pass protection, with the far, far better quarterback, the best passer in the college game. Now you know what I've been talking about. Surely if you watch that game, you now understand what I've been trying to point out for a while. Washington beat Texas. Texas didn't lose it. In fact, I would argue just the opposite. The fun thing to do is to always rip somebody, rip the home team. Oh, the coach blew it. The quarterback blew it. They did all they could. It's a bad matchup for them. Right? It's the same story 
I could cut and paste everything I said the day the seatings were announced. And that is, if you can't get to Michael Penix Jr., you're going to get roasted. Got it? That's really not an MIT-like take on things. But I just don't think people quite understood what was going to happen. If you didn't get to the quarterback, you were going to get roasted. They didn't, and they were. They got, Texas was beaten. They didn't lose. They were scratching and clawing to hang around. The Texas perspective, to be honest, and I again, I know it's not fun. I know it's always fun to rant. I know it's fun to say the quarterback sucks, the coach sucks, it's all their fault. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you're, you're outclassed here. You're outclassed. It's a bad matchup. Texas would have had, Texas needed to be perfect or almost perfect, and they weren't. And the thing is, given to, to all the teams that played on Sunday, right, Monday, for all the teams that played, it, it's, um, you weren't going to see any of this. In fact, as a football scientist, it was really sloppy play for the most part, particularly in special teams. There were four drop punts, just dropped punts. So you're not going to be perfect because of the setup, the stupid setup of the college football playoff. You haven't played for a month, so it's hard to be sharp. So to say that anybody could be close to perfect, which is exactly what Texas would have had to have done, um, I thought Texas did all they could. I never gave them a chance. I, I, I don't think I ever wavered on that. Because if you don't get to the quarterback, you know what he's going to do? He's going to roast your secondary. It's going to look just like it looked last night. You're going to get roasted because your secondary is not very good. And that's not a new thing. It's a real simple formula. And you're outmanned. Now, I would say, if you want to find criticism, I do think it's fair to say why it is that... The one thing that Texas could do, the thing that kept them around the game, that and again, credit to them to scratch and claw and find some way to hang in there, man. It really was pretty admirable just to not let that game get completely out of hand because it could have and it should have. To have a chance to win in the end is, is pretty remarkable. But the one thing Texas should have done and could have done is not new because if you take Texas's loss against Oklahoma – and I'm sure I brought this up leading up to it. Again, a bad matchup. Um, it, was, it was exactly like that. It's just Washington does it a lot better. A lot better. So if you couldn't get to the quarterback in Oklahoma and he could shred your secondary, what do you think the best passer in the game today is going to do to you? Oh, I don't know. Pass for 450 yards. Complete 12 in a row. Throw it over your head every three downs. It's going to look exactly like that. So... Texas should have run the ball more. Texas should have stuck to the run. Four of the first play, five plays were passes. That's idiotic. Because as soon as you give the ball back to him, oh, I don't know, he's going to roast your secondary. Everybody that follows the game, that knew anything about the game, knew what was about to happen. If you don't stop that dude, he's going to tear your secondary apart because your secondary is bad. It's not mediocre, it's bad. And you have that up against the best passer in the game, and you're on borrowed time. And Texas was. The only thing they could have done to mitigate that is run the ball more. I mean, run it all the time. I mean, go 1975. And they didn't. Beyond that, I don't know if there's a great deal of criticism. If, you, if you've got criticism, go ahead. I'm not sure I'm going to completely agree. 
So Michael Penix Jr. is the quarterback for Washington, who I guess you now know, right? You've now noticed. Can you see the difference? Can you see a great player? That, that's it. That's what a pro looks like, a really good pro. He did exactly what anybody who had watched him thought he would do. What was he, 11 of 14 in the first half or 255? And two of them hit guys in the hands. Like, if you wanted to break that down just to prove how remarkable it is, he doesn't even miss their hands, right? It hits him right in the face. He had seven scoring drives. At one time, he was easily 12 in a row, and one of them was a drop, one of the few drops they have, which is a whole other story. He's just too good for Texas. He's better than your guys, a lot, a lot better. Um, Texas had a chance. I I don't know how exactly. Um, Almost every step of the way, you had to be thinking about this. And that is, wow, they're about to be run completely out of this stadium. Like this game is about to leave them. The fact that it was tied at the half is, is remarkable. None of it felt that way. But they hung around. They really did. It was remarkable. I, I, I give them a ton of credit. I was thinking if Texas scored on the final play, which is you're shaking your head thinking, oh, somehow they've got a final play, which was a the last minute and a half was the worst part of the day for Washington, obviously. And some of it was just terrible luck. Having a guy really get injured when you're about to run the clock down to about 10 seconds is really bad luck. Okay, that's fortunate for Texas, because otherwise you're not going to get back down the field. And that did happen. And I, there's, no, there's no fix. I was trying to think in the moment, I mean, is there a way to fix that? That's just, that seems unfair that you get a guy injured when you're about to run another play that's going to run a good 35 seconds off the clock, meaning you're going to punt with about 12 left, and it's game over. But um, I, I, I was thinking if Texas, when they put a second back on the clock, it felt like karma. Didn't it feel like, wow, they added a second to run another play. They're going to score. And my answer is going to be, I don't know how that just happened. I mean, imagine the conversation. Imagine thinking today, wow, they won that game? Huh. Uh, The running backs were fantastic for Texas. Texas stayed in the game. Uh, They battled to keep it close. I thought Quinn Ewers did all he could to keep it close. I thought my head was going to explode when the roar started for Arch Manning to warm up. I I, I thought, I I can't take it. Um, I thought the kid played pretty well, but they're outclassed. The other guy is that much better. You do see that, don't you? you? It's just, he's a different league. So... In some ways, as I said from the very beginning, you could argue, and I, and I think I could argue, that I would have given Texas a better chance against Michigan than I would have against Washington. I certainly would have given Texas a better chance against Alabama. The worst matchup is the one they got because that guy was going to shred them. And he did. Texas might have been able to stop the Michigan run game. Some. I do. I think that. The two best teams are in the final. Uh, I think it's a really bad matchup, by the way, for Washington, right? Because the Michigan run game is too good. It's as good as Texas, as if not better. 
And then Michigan's pass rush is light years better than Texas's. And their secondary, which isn't saying a heck of a lot, is also much better. So I think it's a bad matchup for Washington in this case. Now, Michael Penix Jr. Um, I'm not going to say I told you, but I told you. He reminds me um, the way he moves, the way he throws, the way he looks downfield. Um, he reminds me of Joe Burrow with a stronger arm. And that's saying a lot, obviously. And maybe it's extreme, but that, that's who he reminds me of as a player. His arm strength, obviously, if you watch the game, it's just it's ridiculous. You can watch Quinn Ewers throw passes, and then it looks like it's a punt compared to what Michael Penix Jr. is throwing. And Quinn Ewers is a pretty decent passer. The guy's arm is, is ridiculous. There's none like it. Um, but he also hits everyone in the hands. I mean, he's dropping balls that feel like they're dropping out of the ceiling right into people's hands. He threw one bad ball all night that should have been another touchdown. And he had a tight end get open of, as usual, get leave a Texas guy behind as usual, and then he just he missed him by a yard and a half. It was the only mistake he made. So otherwise, he's insanely accurate. Tell me there's a better passer. Seriously. I don't know what people have been watching. I really don't. I said it two weeks ago. Where has everyone been? Like, why? Do you see the ball leave his hands and it hits his guy? Are you? Is anyone confused by that? Where's the better passer out there? I don't know that I've seen one in a quite a while. The closest thing I can to a guy having who looks like that in college is Joe Burrow. That's the closest thing I can think of. And I think people are going to say that's a crazy comparison, and I'm going to argue back, no, it's really not. It's not. So I don't know if there's a better passer in college football. Um, of the four guys you saw play on Monday, are you going to try to tell me between Jalen Milrow, J.J. McCarthy, and Quinn Ewers, and Michael Pennis Jr., that there's anywhere even close to Michael Pennis Jr.? Really? If I hear one more time this kid from Michigan is going to be drafted high in the draft and, and Michael Penix Jr. is not, I'm going to think you're insane. He's that much better. He looks like a seasoned pro. He slides around in the pocket. This is what's Joe, what's Joe Burrow-like about this kid, is that he has this awareness. Um, he slides around in the pocket but notice that his, he his head is never looking back. He's never looking down. He's never trying to dodge people. He's just, with zero effort, he's moving around. Notice how nobody gets to him. How many sacks did Texas have last night? That would be zero. Zero. And that's not just because their offensive line of Washington is that good. It is. But he's that aware. And he's not taking off to go run into people. He's just moving around with this, this, this sense of where the pass rush is. And it's, uh, that's Joe Burrow-like. And he keeps his eyes down the field all the time. Um, he slides like a seasoned pro. Um, he's always looking downfield like a seasoned pro. He, um, his arm strength is a seasoned pro. His accuracy is a seasoned pro. He's surgical. And you know what else I like? I don't like guys jumping up and down. I don't like guys screaming. He acts just like his head coach. I will carve you up. That's it. They just carved up Texas. So I, there's everything to like. I don't know how he's not 
the first player taken off the board in the NFL draft. I know they say, well, he's had knee problems. Really? Did, is that the guy I saw running 15 yards past people last night? You're telling me he has knee problems? Maybe he did. Looked fast enough to me. And you know what I don't want? I don't want a fast quarterback. I want a surgeon. I want Tom Brady. I want Joe Burrow. I want Michael Penix Jr. I don't need some guy to go run into people. Washington had good receivers all over the place. Uh, you know, Texas has really good receivers, but Washington receivers are even better. It's a better group. It is. I don't know how anyone can not see that either. Nobody has a group of receivers like Washington, uh, and no quarterback can make them look better than what he does. Texas was no match. It's really that simple. They just were no match. The only thing, if you want to scream, the only thing you can say is the coach should have tried to run the ball more. I thought Quinn Ewers did all that he could. Um, but you can see the difference, man. I mean, it just looked like different kind of players on a different field. The one nerdy thing about – here's football nerdy stuff. The one nerdy thing I would say about Washington, and, and you noticed it last night, and you're thinking, why are they not running away with this game? They make big plays when they want. They held the ball effortlessly. I know they dropped a punt, which was stupid. Um, had the bad, you know, there, there were some mistakes. But you're thinking there's no reason for this game not to be a blowout. And, and I've kind of figured it out. If you ever noticed during that game, the play clock will go down to under five almost. And I don't didn't have time or the energy to try to document this. But the play clock with Washington will go down almost under five all the time, almost every single snap. So they play slower than anyone you'll see in the game. What I mean by play slower is they let the play clock go down. Now they're, they're doing stuff. I mean, they're figuring stuff out. But I think that's why they don't score more often than they do and score faster than they do because it's just taking the game is dragging on, the play clock is dragging on, and so they're not looking to get snaps off quickly. So I think they probably could score a bunch of points and maybe separate from teams like Texas a little easier than they did. Uh, Texas had five. Listen to this. Five snaps in the third quarter. Five. <laughs> and then you look up and go, I don't know how this game is not a total blowout. And I think it's because... That weird aspect of how they play, which you don't see often, practically at any level of football, certainly not in college and not in high school, where these teams just line up and keep snapping it as fast as possible. I think part of the reason why they don't run off and leave people and they don't score more than they do is because of the play clock thing. It's that. So do that whatever you want. Uh, Agree or disagree. I don't think it was a bad showing. I don't think it was a bad year for Texas. Um, you could say, well, they should have better players. Well, yes, their secondary should not suck. You're exactly right. The fortunate thing for Texas is there's just not that many teams that can expose. The unfortunate thing for Texas is you played the guy that could really roast you. I mean, just make you look silly, and he did. And some of us knew that he would. Especially if you just don't touch him, right? You don't touch him, and he gets to look around the field. You got no chance. No chance. If you bet on Texas to cover that, I don't know what you've been watching. Really. I don't know what you're watching. Texas would cover against out Michigan, I think. They might get shoved around, but I think they might have a better chance covering against Michigan. 
than they would against Washington. So they didn't, I don't think they lost. They got beat. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, everyone. Ozzy is not dead. Did you hear that? He's not dead. I'm going to ask, is there anyone closer to dead than Ozzy? But Ozzy is technically not dead. Quick, name anyone closer to death than Ozzy. And I would normally say Keith Richards, but that doesn't even count anymore. I just don't think he's going to die. Ozzy is not dead. He's really mad that you think that he's dead. Although we can't understand anything he's saying, but he's telling you right now he's not dead. Stop it. Stop saying he's dead. He's even mad, which kind of makes me laugh out loud. He's even mad now that you're saying he's close to being dead. Who doesn't think he's close to death? Right? Is there anyone? Seriously. Is there anyone that you could say is not closer? Come on. I mean, really. I know it's terrible to say, but I mean, really? In this case? Could I not say that same thing about 15 years ago? All right, here's the story. The headline says, I'm not dead. Ozzy Osbourne dismisses health concerns in Slam's death hoax video. Well, okay. Ozzy Osbourne slammed rumors of his death and dismissed concerns about his health. Oh, really? (laughs) He's doing great, everyone. I'll say it again. Name anyone unhealthier and closer to death than Ozzy. Go ahead. Uh, On the Osborne's podcasts, are there subtitles? (laughs) The former Black Sabbath vocalist told his family that he discovered an online video claiming that he had died. Really? That's like there's only one of them? I thought there was one every five minutes. He says, I have to read this because we have no idea what he said. I'm not dead. Okay. Well, that cleared it up. The thing on YouTube, he says, which goes, celebrities who have died today, and there's a picture of me. Yeah, I think it's permanently up there, man. Um, He's upset of reports, and then this is the best part. He's also upset of reports that he is close to death or (laughs) dead-ish. Dead-ish. Okay, everyone, is there anyone more dead-ish than Ozzy? Is it really that outrageous? That doesn't feel like a hot take. Okay, okay, Ozzy, you're technically not dead, but you're dead-ish. His son, the great Jack Osborne. Is this, I, guess, I guess it really is a family podcast. Uh, what's been really good about the podcast, he says, is I've noticed that whenever any of the blank newspapers or whatever write, oh, Ozzy's brink of death or whatever... Um, they have him like walking into doctor's appointment. And if you read the comments, everyone's like, this is BS. You should listen to him on his podcast. He's blanking fine. No, Jack, he's not fine. (laughs) What is fine in Ozzy's world? He's blanking fine. These people are blanking liars. Stop writing fake news about my dad. 
He concluded, no, I'm sorry, Dad concluded, I'm not dead, and I'm not going any blanking where, and I'm going to do some more gigs before I'm finished anyway. Did you hear me? I'm not dead, says dead-ish Ozzy. Mm. I like that, dead-ish. Who else is dead? Keith Richards has been dead-ish for... 30-something years, whenever he fell out of that, remember he fell out of, the one time he actually went from dead-ish to almost dead is that time, the greatest headline of all time, Keith Richards falls out of a coconut tree. (laughs) And he really did. And you're thinking, so the guy can smoke four packs of cigarettes a day, name it, everything else. Who knows what the cholesterol is? And he can barely breathe. And the one thing that was going to kill him was the falling out of a coconut tree. Somehow that seemed to work, like a good stone song. So just so you know, don't believe it again. Ozzy's not dead, and he's really mad at you if you imply that he's dead-ish. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.